Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. Hallelujah. You know, I want you to do something maybe in the future, maybe this, not in the future, I'm talking about in the next uh, a couple of weeks. Why don't you start bringing your Bibles to church? Just for, just for something different. I was watching a teaching from Brother Hagen. And back in the 80s when we were in school, you know, uh, we went to Raymond 1980. And um, my goodness, and, he, you know, Joel Osteen would always, always say, oh, lift your Bible up. Uh, make Jesus glad and the devil mad. And, but there's something about the written, the word written on scriptures. It, it's, it's something that it almost like it, it goes from there into here. Where on a phone or a tablet, it's just not the same. And I'm not trying to, you know, I, I'm just, it, it is, it, it's just, it's true. There's something about the written word, and then you, you get used to the things in your Bible you can get back to and look at them where it's really hard to memorize things on a phone or a tablet. Oh, that's just my personal opinion. Amen. I'll let that go. I got a really great hallelujah grunt from that. Um, anyway, open your Bibles or your phones or your tablets or ta- Isaiah 59. We're going to begin there, uh, or Isaiah, we're going to go Isaiah 60, 61, 59, 60, 61. Um, the Lord spoke to my heart before the new year and, and uh, began to, uh, uh, he led me to these scriptures we're going to share tonight. We actually started like three weeks, two weeks ago. This is the third teaching on this, on this that I made a series. And I had a challenge trying to figure out what I should call the series, you know. And um, tonight it's raising up the former desolations. And I'll explain that in a moment. And um, but God said that there are three things that he wants us to focus on this year individually and corporately. And they're found here in the book of Isaiah, the 61st chapter, which we'll read in a moment. But in the, in, in this, in the days of Isaiah, the, the children of Israel, God's people, had drifted so, so far away from God that the Bible, God said of them that they were living in gross darkness. Not only did darkness cover the earth, but gross darkness covered God's people. And so he was... You know, uh, it, 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 uh, over time, they had just moved farther, farther away from God, listen, and embraced the cultures around them so that they didn't even know God because they were so, so caught up in the, uh, of the gods that the other nations were worshiping. Amen. And here's what Isaiah 59, he describes the spiritual and moral condition of God's people. Just, this is just part of it, okay? Their feet run to do evil, and they rush to commit murder. And now he's talking about God's people, not the world. He says they think only about sinning. Misery and destruction always follow them. And that, not because God had anything to do with it. That's called the law of sowing and reaping. Everybody say amen. amen. They don't know where to find peace or what it means to be just and good. They mapped out crooked roads, and no one follows them. Uh, and no one who follows them knows a moment of peace. Uh, there's no justice among us, and we know nothing about right living. We look for light, but only find darkness. We look for bright skies, but walk in gloom. We grope like the blind along a wall, feeling our way like people without eyes. Even at brightness noontime, we stumble as though it were dark. Among the living, we are like the dead. So, so what this is, is this is the fruit. Listen, this is the fruit of one exalting his own will above God's will. 
This is the fruit of one who exalts his own will above God's will. This is what they chose to do. Verse 14, our records oppose the righteous and justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stuff. I mean, this sounds like 21st century America. Our courts oppose the righteous. Justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets and honesty has been outlawed. Look at this. Yes, truth is gone and anyone who renounces evil is attacked. The Lord looked and was displeased to find there was no justice. He was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. So, in the natural, this was an environment of complete hopelessness. Listen, except for God. Say, except for God. Amen. And who is God? God is love. So God, because he's love, uh, because of his loving kindness and tens of mercies, listen, he refused to leave them in that condition. Let me say it again. He refused to leave them in that condition. There was no one else who could deliver them. Thank God, and we'll see here, that he had one who would prophesy his will. But he prophesied God's will, but it was God who fulfilled his will. And I want you to hold on to that for a moment. All these songs, these songs you were singing tonight just so ties in with what God gave me tonight to share with you. All right? In chapter 60... Even in the midst of divine darkness, uh, spiritual darkness, gross darkness, God promised that there, there was a divine light that was coming. And of course, that would be Jesus, okay? And uh, that would live among them to dispel the darkness that was within them. Isaiah 60, uh, he prophesies of the coming of this light. Verse 1, arise, shine, for thy light is come. And the glo- Listen, when these prophets prophesied these things, don't think for a moment they understood them. They didn't understand it. They just spoke it. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And that's Jesus. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but... The Lord shall arise upon thee, Jesus, and his glory shall be seen upon thee, Jesus. And the Gentiles, Gentiles, the Gentiles, this is the first time it's prophesied that. See, this is the promise that God gave to Abraham. All the families of the earth shall be blessed because of you. So it wasn't just Jews. It's just that God chose them because he loved them and said, I'm going to use you to bring the glorious light of the world into the world. But he says right here, he made that promise that the Gentiles shall come to thy light and kings to the brightness of thy rising. So now in chapter 61, even though God's people were, uh, were sitting in the ashes or the ruins of all the good things they once enjoyed, God, it was God who promised them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. God did that. Is that awesome? God did that. That's how much he loved people and how much he wanted redemption in the earth so that all humanity could be saved. Amen. And so so, uh, God promised him this. Um, promised them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Why? Verse, uh, the Amplified says, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, and magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing with God, the planting of the Lord. And everything, everything that went on and, and went on then and, and, and is going on now is the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. And what is he glorified in? And I talked about this last week. In the spiritual assignment that he gave um, man. 
and uh, those that would believe in him. And here it is, verse 4. They shall rebuild the ancient ruins. And we talked about this last Wednesday night. God wasn't referencing natural ruins or buildings. He was, he was, he was talking about the, the spiritual ruins of the entire human race. One man, Adam, brought the curse of everything that is evil upon all humanity. So God had a plan to deliver them, okay? And God was... Uh, uh, both uh, has, uh, has both commissioned and equipped his church, his body, to tell those around us that God has promised them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Okay, that's our mission. Okay. So tonight we're going to go cover the second assignment, which is they shall raise up the former desolations. The word desolation in the Hebrew means devastations, devastations, okay? When you look at the war over in, um, we'll read the, that, yeah, you can leave it up there. When you look at the war going on in, um, in, um, in the Gaza Strip, uh, you can see uh, the devastation of war. It's horrible, uh, but 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 the only it, it, what's so bad about it is that in this case is that um, Israel knows that if they're going to purge Gaza from the evil that's there, they've got to level just about everything to do it. But there's nothing good about war. Can I have an amen to that? Amen. And nothing we ever want to see on the uh, streets uh, in the cities of America. And. Um, but, but that is the fruit of man's evilness, the fruit of the wickedness that uh, he allows into his heart. I thought about that, you know. The, this war has been going on for 3,500 years. It isn't just something, you know, that's as of lately. And it's, um, it's too bad that, and we understand. You, you and I understand the spiritual side of it, that there is a, there's a, 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 a devil who um, is working through people. Uh, to to you know to attack uh, this uh, this territory uh, called Israel that God gave to the Jews uh, God, God God gave to Abraham and uh, and then uh, I'll talk about this in a moment I'll, I'll, I got I can't get ahead of myself okay so they number two they shall raise up the former desolations raising up has always had to do with God's resurrection power giving humanity access giving humanity access to his eternal everlasting life, John 3, 16. Raising up has to do with salvation for all three dimensions of man, spirit, soul, and body. Raising us up from spiritual death to spiritual life, from physical sickness to physical health, from hopelessness to hope, from weakness to strength, anxiety to peace, from fear to faith, from failure to success, from defeat to victory. Can I have an amen to that? That's what the raising up is all about. See, people don't realize, it's like, you know, when I was raised in the environment to which I was raised in as a child, and uh, my grandfather was a pedophile, and my father was an alcoholic, and being raised in that, 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 be, that abnormality became the normal. So when you're raised in the chaos and the evilness of, of life, and you don't know that there's something better, you just accept that, that that is your uh, cross to bear, that some people say, or you were born on the wrong side of the tracks. Right? Because people don't realize that there really is an awesome God who loves them and wants them free in every area of their lives. Amen. Amen. And how will they know that unless, of course, that message gets out? Amen. 
God said they shall raise up the former desolations. The word desolation is a state of complete emptiness, including, including destruction, anguish, misery, and loneliness, which really uh, defines the absence of God's presence within the heart of man. Nations of precious people living in gross darkness. I'm talking about right now in the 21st century. Much of the 8 billion earthlings uh, live in anguish, misery, poverty, um, uh, and, and uh, every bondage imaginable. However, just as it was in Isaiah's day, listen, God isn't going to leave the nations in the dark in our day. I just want you to know that. Can somebody shout Hallelujah. I mean, y'all look like you just lost God because you have to understand that God has a plan. Yes, 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 I'll give you the key to fulfilling that plan, but God's got a plan. And just like in Isaiah's day, it was Isaiah that prophesied, but that's all he did. But it was God who fulfilled the prophecy. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? He had to prophesy what God told him to, and we'll read something here in a minute, but but God fulfilled the prophecy. Say that. Yeah, he did. Amen. He did something that man could not do. Okay. Uh, all right, let's continue. So, listen to this. If we're not careful, we can get, we, so easily get caught up with the chaos that's going on in America. And if our spiritual lights begin to grow dim or we begin to lose our hope, what kind of hope does the world have? Even in the midst of darkness, God has a plan, and it's never, he's never altered from that plan to bring salvation to humanity. Hallelujah. And he promised to raise up the former desolations, and if he did it then, he'll do it now. All right. Hebrews 6, verse 17. We're going to cruise right through this. When God wanted to guarantee his promises, promises he gave his word a, a rock-solid guarantee. God can't break his word. Did you catch that? God can't break his word. So if he prophesied that he would give us beauty for ashes, the old joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, will he do that? Yeah. Amen. He will do that. Why? Because he, he can't break his word. He can't. We can, but he can't. He'll honor his word. Hallelujah. So let's look at Ezekiel 37 here. It'll be on the screen. God gives Ezekiel... Uh, you know, a description of the spiritual condition of Israel in Ezekiel's day, okay, which was like 160 years uh, uh, later. Here it is. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out, of the, out in the spirit of the Lord. Watch this. The hand of the Lord came upon me. He picked me up, brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones, and then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were, what were they? Say very dry. Amen. And he said unto them, Son of man, can these bones live? And so I answered God, and I said, Oh, Lord God, you know. That's a good answer. <laughs> he was, I then says, I don't have a clue. If I was to answer you my, give you my answer, I would say, absolutely not. But God, you know. Say, God, you know. God, you Amen. Know. Amen. And so he said, again, he said to me, God said to me, Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones and say to them, 
Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. He's, he's talking to lifeless, dead, dried up bones. And God said, I want you to, remember when Jesus spoke to the tree, fig tree? He said, I want you to speak to the bones, prophesy to them. Just tell them what I'm telling you to tell them. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Now God's saying it. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinew in you, uh, on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin. And I will put breath in you and you shall live. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, that's exactly what God did to Adam. In Genesis, he says, uh, the Lord formed man from the dust of the ground, dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath or the spirit of life, and man became a living being. So Ezekiel's part was to prophesy the word of the Lord. He got the word of the Lord from who? Hey, that was easy. From God. So he wasn't prophesying his own will. He was prophesying God's will. Why? Because he was looking at the dead bones, the dry bones, the lifeless bones, and knew that he had nothing in himself. He couldn't do anything to affect anything regarding the atmosphere of that day. And it was dead. And, you know, sometimes we look at America, and I've been guilty of it, say, oh, my God, America's falling apart, you know. And, um, no, well, prophesy. Prophesy. And speak what you want over America. I want America saved, hallelujah. I want America set free, hallelujah. And I'm not talking about a nation, a geographic nation. I'm talking about the people. All right, let's continue. So so Ezekiel's part was to prophesy the will of God. God's part was to fulfill that which was impossible and bring life, breathe life back into something that is so lifeless. Let's go on. Ezekiel 37, verse 5. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. So God's speaking. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you will live. I will put sinew on you and, and bring uh, flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, you think? Amen. So I prophesied, Ezekiel says. I prophesied as I was commanded. Amen. So now you can see. So I prophesied as the Lord commanded. Do you remember what the Lord said in Isaiah 55? He said, my word which goes out of my mouth shall not return unto me void, but it shall prosper into the thing to where it's sent. So God has always needed a prophetic voice. Uh, you know, the divine connection, you know. Uh, heaven needed a, a divine connection on earth. To legally operate on earth, he needed a connection, especially in the Old Testament because Jesus hadn't come yet. And so he needed somebody to prophesy or to speak his will so God could fulfill his will. Isn't that good? You know, years ago, a prophecy, you've heard this. Um, I, you got to remember, I've been here so long that I just keep telling the same stories. But a prophecy was given years ago, uh, and God said, my people can have what they say, but they're saying what they have. So we, a lot of times we prophesy things into our lives that God that God never willed for us to have. Okay, so, so uh, I prophesied, hallelujah, and commanded. Uh, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. 
and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered over them, but there was no breath in them. That sound like a, does that sound like a 21st century sci-fi? Can you imagine watching this? Pretty cool. I'm sure glad those bones knew who to connect to. What is my head doing under my right foot? Now watch this. And he also said to me, prophesy to the, to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds. And I said, what are the four winds? North, south, east, and west. Come, to the four, uh, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. All right? I mean, the valley was full of thousands of dead bones. How many, how many people in America, how many beautiful, precious communities in America are full of thousands of dead bones? People that are lifeless. They have never heard about the goodness of God. So God says, prophesy to your, prophesy to your community. Prophesy to, to Harrisburg. Prophesy to Garrison. Prophesy, come on, prophesy to wherever you live. Prophesy out in the farms. Prophesy and command the winds of God's spirit to blow upon those people. And God will fulfill his will and breathe upon them. Hallelujah. Yes. All right, let's continue. Some of you don't, aren't convinced yet. Now, we're going to chapter 36 for a moment. I'm just reading some scriptures here. And, do you enjoy reading scriptures? Good. All right, look at here. Verse 1. Now, son of man, this is Ezekiel, God speaking to Ezekiel, uh, prophesy to Israel's mountains. Give them this message. Well, what is that, Lord? O mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Your enemies have taunted you, saying, aha, now the ancient heights belong to us. Therefore, son of man, give the mountains of Israel this message from the sovereign Lord. Your enemies have attacked you from all directions, making you the property of many nations and the object of much mocking and slander. It breaks my heart when I see families torn apart. Uh, you know, I was sharing with an individual recently, just telling them all the challenges there are even in ministry. And I said, we would be shocked. We would be shocked to hear the... What kind of percentage of pastors uh, that go through divorce? Because spiritual warfare is real. Now, that doesn't mean, I mean, God graces us for whatever we have to do. Uh, can I have an amen? amen? But I mean, the attack is real. Attack is real in, in my life is as, as much as it is in, in your life. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Can I have an amen? amen. But the warfare is real, just like it was then. Watch this. So, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the sovereign Lord. He speaks to the hills. I love this. And to the mountain. He speaks to the hills and the mountains, ravines and valleys, and to ruined wastes and long deserted cities that have been destroyed and mocked by the surrounding nations. Now, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My jealous anger burns against these nations, especially Edom, because they have shown utter contempt for me by gleefully taking my land for themselves as plunder. Therefore, prophesy. 
to the hills and the mountains, the ravines and the valleys of Israel. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am fierce that you have suffered shame before the surrounding nations. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I have taken a solemn oath that those nations will soon have their own shame to endure. But the mountains of Israel will produce heavy crops of fruit for my people. Hallelujah. For they will be coming home again soon. Woo! So there was that. I mean, the day was coming. And that day was 1948. Okay, I just want you to know. That was the fulfillment that was fulfilled in 1948. When Israel was given back their land. Did you know they, I I don't know, I don't want to be inaccurate, but they were only possessors of that land for a few hours and they were attacked by the nations around them. So I'm just saying, you know, I always tell people, you know, when you get born again, you get so excited because it's kind of like, oh, it's like the honeymoon, two weeks, and after that, hell, 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 hell. <laughs> because it's exciting, but we don't realize, man, we got a real enemy that uh, wants to move us away from God. But he can't if you don't let him. Can I have an amen? So, prophesy, praise God. See, I care about you, God says, and I will pay attention to you. Your ground will be plowed and your crops planted. I will greatly increase the population of Israel and the ruined cities will be rebuilt and filled with people. I will increase not only the people, but also your animals, O mountains of Israel. I will bring people to live uh, on you once again and I will make you even more prosperous than you were before. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, Again, that which was impossible became possible because God had somebody to prophesy his will into the earth. Even in the midst of gross darkness and desolation. Listen to this. When when the land of Israel was returned to the Jews, the Jewish people in 1948, their population was 712,000. Now it's 9.4 million. So God's word was fulfilled. They came home. Amen. Amen. Uh, I mean, from Russia, uh, they came home from Africa. It's really funny when you see all the different colors of Jews. They're they're African Jews, there's Chinese Jews. I mean, it's just amazing. Prophesy. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came. Say breath came. Breath came unto them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, uh, watch this. This is what Israel says. They indeed say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. That's what they were saying. And but he, God says, therefore, prophesy. And you say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out from your graves and, you, and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live and I will place you on your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it. Hallelujah. So this story 
or these stories should encourage us to know that we can prophesy the will of God, and then it's God's responsibility to bring it to pass. I'm not talking about going up to people. I'm talking about prophesying. Just speak to the winds. You know, Richard, we did that, and I didn't even know what I was doing. You know, because we didn't have much Bible back in 1970, uh, um, back in 19, early 70s when, when I was in the trucking business. But I'd stand, out, I'd stand outside and, uh, and just speak to the winds. I'd say, winds, I command the, from the four corners of the earth, I command all the winds to blow and blow business into, into bangs, storage, bangs, moving in storage. It's been so long I forgot the name of my business. And I'm telling you, man, I, I mean, to no one's surprise, the phone would ring. And we'd have a job that we didn't have five minutes ago. Instead of prophesying, oh, yeah, it's winter. We probably won't be working all winter. Just, uh. No, prophesy. Prophesy the prosperity of God into your life. Come on, come on. Does this witness to anybody at all? Amen. Because God, our words are so powerful. And we know that. We teach about the power of our words. But I just wanted you to see that God was working with a man. It wasn't even born again. Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, others, you know, to speak and prophesy his will. And when they did, his will came to pass. Not because of them, but because of him. They did the possible. They spoke. He did the impossible. He manifested. Isn't that good? Almost finished here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. So don't think for a moment that God is moved by what's happening in the 21st century worldwide. He wasn't moved by the dry bones in Ezekiel's day, and he's not moved by the dry, dry bones that are, that are in every nation today. All the instability, all the, you know, that, oh my goodness. Uh, it, it, without God's intervention, we could have a World War III. I mean, the things are really, you know, tense today. And so we need to be prophesying God's will into the earth. Amen. And God's will is that we walk in peace, not in war. Can I have an amen? That's what his, his will is. Hallelujah. So just as he fulfilled his promise in the first century church, he's going to fulfill it in the 21st century church. If we'll prophesy and command the winds of the spirit to breathe upon the nations, God will breathe upon the nations uh, and manifest his glory. Now, I want to finish here. I, yeah, I got to. Look, Isaiah 59, I want to get this and we're done. Now, so, verse 16. Now, God was amazed to see that no one intervened to help the oppressed. Watch this. So he himself stepped in. Can you shout hallelujah? hallelujah? He himself stepped in to save them with his strong arm. And his justice sustained him. He put on righteousness as his body armor and placed the helmet of salvation on his head. He clothed himself with a robe of vengeance and wrapped himself in a cloak of divine passion. He will repay his enemies for their evil deeds. His fury will fall on his foes. And he's not talking about natural foes. He's talking about his spiritual foes. Now, God doesn't, God doesn't, God, God, we just have, God, God loves people. And I know that's so hard for us to understand, but God loves people. God loves the Arabs. God loves the Muslims. God loves the Hindus. God loves, God loves people. Amen. That's right. And there's hatred all over the world. 
But he, if he decided he's going to wipe out a, a, a natural nation, but then he's going to have to wipe out a ton of them. But he doesn't do that. Because love doesn't do that. Just want you to know that. I know we've been taught a lot of things through the years. And all the people are prophesying about, you know, the blood is going to be upon up the bridles and the vet. No, all that is... Yeah, that is not... Um, you, you can't take some of those things literal. And if there's war, it isn't, God has nothing to do with it. God is not in any war. He's a God of peace. I know that's the hard to swallow, but if you're gonna, if you want to know God, you're gonna have to, you gotta have to study Jesus. I just got a letter from Tony Cook. Oh, it's so good. He talks about all the scriptures in the Bible where it talks about Jesus and the name Theos is used. And that, that is God himself. So when Jesus came to earth, it was God manifested in flesh. Do you understand that? Absolutely. It was God manifested in flesh. Why? Because Jesus says, I, I want to show you who the Father is. Why? Because you've had so many distorted and messed up um, <clears throat> um, teachings of who God is, you know, and, and, and I, so I came to show you who God is. <laughs> or Jesus says, I, I come to show you who I am. A little confusing, right? But he's God. Right. Always has been God. Always will be God. Let's finish this. So, and this is my covenant. With them, says the Lord, my spirit will not leave them, neither will the, these words I have given you. They will be on your lips and the lips of your children. Watch this. And your children's children forever. I, the Lord, have spoken it. So God wants you to prophesy his will. His will that the nations be saved. So prophesy to the nations. Prophesy. Winds of the spirit. I prophesy for you to blow over Israel, blow over Iran, blow over Iraq, blow over these nations, blow wind of the spirit. Prophesy that. And then God will carry that out. Because see, and I said it to Angie earlier, and I've preached from the pulpit. If only, and I'm not sure if this is true, I just Googled it. I know, if, I know, I know Google ain't God. But they said, <laughs> Only 5% of the evangelical Christians have ever want, led one person to the Lord. Well, if that's the case, then billions of people are going to hell. That's right. But I choose not to believe that. Why do I choose not to believe that? Because God loves the world. And he will manifest his glory if he's got somebody prophesying it. When God commits, I'm done here. Three, will you give me three minutes? How many will give me three minutes? All right, eight of you, that's 24 minutes. Thank you. When God commissioned Reinhard Bonnke to evangelize the continent of Africa, okay, listen to this. God gave him this prophetic promise. Here was the pro this is what he was supposed to prophesy when he got to Israel, uh, got to Africa. Africa shall be saved. So he went there in 1967. He spent 40-some years there. Okay? Listen to this. 
He led 89 million people to the Lord. 89 million people. Can you imagine, stop for a moment. Can you imagine what America would be like if 89 million of Americans got gloriously saved? Are you all here tonight? Would that be awesome? Is it possible? I said, is it possible? Of course it is. Absolutely. So he prophesied simply what God. God said, prophesy, Africa shall be saved. And guess what happened? He didn't save anybody. God saved them. He just simply prophesied it and went over and preached. Yes. The good news. Now listen to this. Then... Once he, and then uh, hundreds of thousands were healed of diseases. He had people raised from the dead, uh, blind healed, deaf healed, cripple healed, uh, cripples healed. He had um, um, uh, many that were demon possessed set free. I mean, there was great manifestations, but then he came back to Germany and then God, listen, while he was in Germany, God sent him to America. Why? Because God said, I want you to go to America with this prophecy, America shall be saved. So he came to give that message. And that so excited me because that gives me hope for America. Because if God gave him that prophecy that Africa shall be saved and 89 million were gloriously saved, will he not honor his word if he told him to say to America, America shall be saved? Well, why don't you give him a good shot of praise like you believe it? Amen. Amen. And so that is, that is what I hold on to. America shall be saved. Even if it's dead, lifeless, and filled with dry bones. Here's what the Lord said to me. Our mission is to prophesy the promise. God's mission is to perform the impossible. Now, again, just to give you something, because I don't want to live in the past, but I just have to give this to you. In the, there, was a, there was an unbelievable, there was a believable, there was an awesome move of God's spirit in the early 50s with healing. That's where um, Oral Roberts uh, became uh, famous, okay? Was, uh, but it wasn't only him. There were many, uh, many men that were m- manifesting the gift of healing and the work of miracles in, in their meetings. So it was, a, it, was a move of, it was a move of God. It was a a wind of the spirit that blew for a season, okay? And then in the 60s, the wind of the spirit began to blow upon some precious nuns and, and priests in the Catholic church. Oh my God, you're, are you kidding me? Yeah, it really happened. And so, and so out of that rose up the charismatic movement or the Holy Ghost outpouring movement to which my wife and I got saved in 1971. And nobody was handing out tracks, you know. Uh, no, it was just a move of God. The wind of God was blowing in the Lutheran churches, the Methodist churches, the, uh, uh, the Catholic churches, the, I mean, Presbyterian, I mean, all the denominations. And they were coming, they were flooding out by the hundreds of thousands, listen, nationwide. And we got caught up in that. It was glorious. My point was God was doing it. God was doing it. And so that's what I'm believing for again. A season where the winds of God's spirit blow. Amen. Because I may not need it anymore. Just because. 
but you all that are younger need it, and our grandkids need it. They need a, they need a glorious manifestation of the wind of the Spirit, hallelujah, that will carry them, praise God, amen, and strengthen them in the days we live in, and at the same time see multitudes coming into the kingdom of God, because it's all about salvation. God still loves the world. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen to that? And if we will begin to prophesy his will, Say it out loud. America shall be saved. saved. Come on now, say it like you really believe it. Yeah, you need to, you know, yeah. And then when you say that, God will say, well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Now I can move. Because you just prophesied it. We're not talking about some goofy, prophesy. We're talking about you just simply speaking out what you speak. Prophesy to the winds for business. Prophesy to your body. Amen. Prophesy to your marriage. Prophesy about your children. Prophesy good things. Don't be prophesying what you see, but prophesy what you want to see. Can I have an amen? Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 930, as well as our midweek service on Wednesday nights at 7. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.